guys, welcome back to the Beyond the Track podcast, where we talk everything motorsport from Formula One to the Porsche Carrera Cup and everything in between. We're back with a new episode and we've got a lot to touch on. We've got a couple of categories to talk about too, but of course we're going to start with a little bit of a mention of what we've been up to in our personal lives. So Sav, what have you been doing since the last time we talked? Running around like this chicken. It would be a good way to summarize what I've been up to recently. Um, I have been writing a few articles about various different things, almost sport related, obviously, uh, and then just preparing myself for the last two rounds for touring cars, which hopefully I'll be attending both. Fingers crossed. Get to see my favorite Porsches when I'm on the track, so I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of been my life recently. Well, I can't wait. I'm very jealous that you get to hear those Porsches because they sound bloody amazing in real life. Like they, they move your teeth, like you can feel it in your bones. It's great. Um, but yeah, so looking forward to that. You can tell us all about it. Um, I guess, what have I been doing? I've been settling back in, back at home, getting back into work, which for me is um, tennis coaching. But I also got to do something very exciting in motorsport. I got the chance to... Um, be part of the live broadcast team for one of the local racetracks grassroots championship that they have. Um, it was a live broadcast onto their YouTube channel and on the PA system around the track. They had eight categories come, including one of the really um, high profile junior categories coming in Australia called the Toyota Scholarship Series, if anyone from Oz is listening. And yeah, so I got told basically three or four days before the fact that I could come on and join and what I'd be doing and I had about 48 hours to prepare notes because I was going to be doing the post-race interviews and then the roving mic in the pit lane for the day and honestly I was so excited when I got the chance but also this was eight categories that I'd never watched before I had no idea about I've never done any sort of interviewing or presenting before in my life I just reached out being like hey is there anything I can do and they went yeah you want to do this and I went I'm not going to say sure. no I? <laughs> so went into it honestly like completely blind but it was amazing I had a great team with me and I got to learn how like a live broadcast works with your in-ears and everything like that um it was a lot of fun and I don't think I did too bad so good for a first time and I can't wait for many Do more I find those really like it took me so long to get used to the in-ear thing because I'm saying one thing and something else is going on in my ear and I'm having to listen to what's going on in my ear it became too much yeah. I was like, there's too many things going on I was like, I'm taking this out <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it because I'm quite deaf, I believe, anyway. So these ears were so good that they jammed right into your canal and I could, like, turn the volume up in here. But the way that we did it here was you couldn't hear yourself talking in it, thankfully, but you obviously yeah, could hear yeah. everything else and you could hear the director. So I it was only... Because I'm saying what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the thing. The only... We couldn't hear that in the mic but at certain parts of the track you could hear it over the PA system obviously delayed yeah. and delayed by like honestly nearly a second so it but thankfully because I'm such an anxiety ridden person if I'm doing something I like completely zone into it so I could not hear my voice outside of what I was saying which you know what anxiety for the win there I, I was just like it, it could not and it was so funny I talked to the drivers afterwards and they were like oh yeah I got so caught up I heard my voice and I went yeah I know it, it can be really bad but thankfully 
I didn't get caught out of that. I, they did tell us though that obviously most there are times where you will hear yourself in the ears. I think that is when I could probably be a little bit there because I can I'm fine with the director telling me stuff in the ears. There was one point where he was like, "Okay, you need to wrap it up," and thankfully I I heard it. I wasn't too zoned in. Um, but yeah, I think it would be a little different story if I could actually hear myself in my ears. That might be a bit different. Yeah, that would make sense. Right. Well, apart from the grassroots categories, we had a pretty there's been a lot of racing, let's just say, okay. between last time and this time. And one of those being a Formula One race to remember. Um, Monza. Always is. I love Monza. Obviously, it's not exactly what we hoped for, but it was amazing. Now, in the last podcast, we left it at qualifying because we had filmed it after qualifying it happened. So we're just going to go straight into the race. And I guess... We can obviously... Oh, no, I don't think we talked about qualifying. We did our predictions. So We did it pre-qualifying, like just before, I think. Right, yeah. So I guess we're going to recap. Who got pulse at? Carlos Sainz. Carlos, bloody Sainz! After you sitting there being like, Ferrari let me down all the time. <laughs> and it was like, well, there you go. Oh, listen, maybe I need to say that more often because Honestly. we'll get to it later. Mm. Uh, but yes, manifesting. On poll. Um, obviously, I put in my notes Alex was six because I am completely biased to that man. But sixth place, I feel like that's also worthy of mention in a Williams. Um, but yeah, so Carlos was on poll. Max was happened in second. So it wasn't like Max had like a DNF. No, no, Carlos put it on poll. I qualified. That's kind of best. Yeah, he did any out-qualified Charles, which if we, like, talk, hear about what happened last season and, you know, how it looks on the outside and how, like, Ferrari treat Carlos and Charles and, like, even the fans, I'm very much rooting for Carlos because of that. Like, I'm so happy to see him get a win. Um, It was really great. And, oh, my God, I don't know if you were on, like, TikTok or F1 Twitter or any of that, but the love for Carlos after and, like... It brought everyone together. What's one thing that can bring F1 like fans together? Max not winning, apparently. <laughs> it's that whole like Seb thing again. It's like everyone's a Ferrari fan. Even if you're not a Ferrari fan, you're still a Ferrari fan. And I think given where we found the world as well, I think that helps. Um, yeah. 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 But, um, it, was, it was exciting. Um, yeah, it was good. I was happy. I was happy for him. I was happy for the team. Um, I think it's like a nice little boost in morale even like that sort of brief moment so it also had us all hoping that the monster curse was actually going to work again we thought <laughs> okay hang on is it already playing <laughs> you have this real vendetta you were like I'm ready for this whereas I was just like you know what Max is gonna win so fair play yeah. I just want an exciting well, race <laughs> Yeah, well, as you can tell by Sav's, Sav's laugh, the Monza uh, curse didn't exactly prevail, but we'll get into that because before the race even started, there was a little bit of drama, and that was Yuki DNFing having a mechanical failure on the formation lap, which, so sad for him. honestly, like, it is bad, but it's so good for Liam Lawson. That's <laughs> like... You've been trying to do some. <laughs> He doesn't have anyone to battle with anymore. Like he has no one he has to finish ahead of. Um, but we'll get more on Liam later. But yeah, so you think okay, the start has been pushed back. Where Yuki's off, we're gonna have to abort and delay. 
something that was already tense because people were like, what's going to happen? Max is second, but Carl's is first. What's going to go on? Yeah. Oh my God, was it a tense first lap? Well, actually, you know what? I take it back. It was a tense whole race, but they're starting. Say, I don't know tense, if that's the same. Tense yeah. issue, I think, like given the kind of, there was a lot of, it seems like not necessarily delay, but there was a lot of, especially with within sort of mechanics and like pit crew stuff. Are we allowed on the track? Are we not allowed on the track? What's the situation? Oh Are we God. stopping? Are we starting again? Like, what's the situation? Like, and then you had, I think it was a couple of the Afro mayors like climb over the fence and the commentary's like, are they allowed to do that? What have they been told? What have we been told? But then no one else <laughs> followed them. So then it was like, are they going to be like penalised for that? Like, what's happening? Like, it just seemed a little bit chaotic. And I think, I mean, I'm not an athlete by any means anymore. But when I was younger and used to compete in sort of athletics, dance, whatever, I'd have to be completely in my like zoned in mindset. If something went wrong, go somewhere, it would throw me off. Like I need to be completely spaced in. And whilst I'm not driving a car at 200 miles an hour, that was sort of the mindset I was in. So I can imagine you do a formation lap, you're in the set, you're ready. And it's like, oh wait, no. Hold on a second. Honestly, no, I completely get it. Especially because like it's not like it's a a kind of game where you can hold off and like talk to your teammates and this and that it's like you're in a car ready to nearly like put so much like on the line it's not just a, oh I'm gonna run around on a field no no you're throwing a car around corners that you really shouldn't be going that fast in uh but yeah so yeah, the zoning in oh my god but yeah so it was very very tense and then for me as watching being someone who probably the majority wanted Carlos to do well it was just the oh my god please do it like don't lose on the first corner don't lose on the first corner um and he didn't it was a great first lap Carlos kept it and if you didn't watch the race I completely recommend this being one of the races you go back and watch or even rewatch because as well I think because sometimes when you watch the highlights of a race you're like oh okay because they really try and pull these moments out, whereas this one, it's like, how do you fit the highlights in? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The highlights are like most of the race because Carlos kept Max behind him for about 15 or 16 laps and Max was in DRS for most of it. So it literally came down to the bloody chicanes every corner and it was like, everyone watches like, is it going to be this one? Is it going to be this one? Yeah, it was just <laughs> I was doing a TikTok live and it was literally me watching it with my hands on my face, like, between the eyes, because for some reason, you know, that just feels, like, comforting. You know, it's like a horror movie. You you do, like, you're just like, ah. It was, and I wish it ended, well, no, I don't wish, but it didn't even end there. So Max eventually gets past Carlos, and then he pulls, like, four seconds ahead in, like, two or three laps, which, okay, fine, flex on us, okay. why don't you? But then, like, obviously, Ferrari were just so strong on the straights which is why Carlos was managing to hold on for that long because it was like Max would come up behind even with a DRS right and Carlos was like no and also he, Carlos was like he was defending for his life oh, yeah. he was like I'm keeping him behind for as long as I can which was great um but then you saw the other Ferrari Charles and Perez were kind of doing the same thing not to the same extent I have a little a bit of beef with Charles um oh, because I feel like he did not fight as hard with Perez as he did with Carlos like it didn't make sense to me this poor man is putting his life on the line at 200 miles an hour for your entertainment you're like you know what not good enough (laughs) it was it was not enough it was not enough in the right areas okay like he should have like held off with Carlos instead of with Charles 
you know wait no instead of you know what I mean okay he shouldn't be fighting harder with a red bull than he would his own teammate because then it let Perez through and then it was Perez and Carlos doing the same thing that Carlos is doing with Max and I thought they were going to crash I thought they were going off there were a couple of moments I was like oh that's a bit okay <laughs> there were a couple of moments where like Perez would come on the radio being like he's moving late and I'd have to be there like I'm not going to say he is but I'm not going to say he isn't either because I was like oh yeah. Carlos that's not oh you know but you know I want you to win so we're gonna let that slide I'm gonna pretend I didn't see that kind of thing and then Perez did get past him we kind of all knew it was coming he was getting closer and closer but that didn't it didn't end there you think okay it's over the two red bulls have got past we can breathe no <laughs> no no it just gets worse or better yeah, you know no. depending Charles and Carlos start fighting for that last spot on the podium. Sam, what were you doing? We did you watch this? Did you see this live? I did watch it. I did watch it live. Um, this time with my full attention, not Porsche on one, F one on the other. It's yeah, first weekend in a while, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, I was watching, and it is the same thing I used to have with Nico and Lewis. It's the same thing I have with George and Lewis. It's the same thing I had with. Carlos and Charles last year like with I just I have it with teammates in general where I had it in Formula E but we know how that's until um yeah. I don't know, I'm gonna let that go um where I just go just don't take out your teammate don't take out your teammate don't take out your teammate please don't take it just please don't take it and it builds an anxiety I mean it doesn't have to be the person I'm rooting for it can be two Williams in 17th and 18th it can be yeah. an Aston Martin in 11th and 12th and I'm still going please do not take out the teammate please do not take out the teammate and I get it's an individual sport but it's also at the same time a team sport so I think that's where I'm like oh my god don't do it comes from so I was kind of doing that every time they got closer so oh okay that one's a bit close oh okay and then Carlos on the radio being like can you basically tell this man to back off like yeah we've we've had our fighting now I've proven I'm dominant in this race can we just both finish the race please and I was like okay someone's someone's in my mindset like and it wasn't a case of I really want Carlos to win over Charles Leclerc like I just wanted them both to finish at that point I was like the anxiety is building yeah I used to quite enjoy watching like Russell and Perez sort of going into the corner even though a lot of the time they take each other out but I and like I like those close fights between those two between Max and whoever else, Lewis and whoever else, but teammate on teammate just really stresses me out. Yeah, no, definitely. And this one, I think this one took me out as well for the fact that I really wanted Carlos to like get that last podium place as well. So it was kind of a, oh my God, don't do it, don't touch, come on, get both the Ferraris home. And then it was also, Charles, stay away, stay away, stay away, like, come on. And honestly, there were times where, again, it was like Carlos was defending for his life and Charles coming on the radio and it was like, a, oh, don't get a penalty either or this or that. But that too. Uh... thankfully, they both made it to the end. Just about, I think there was a moment and they both like cut the chicane, but it's okay. They both made it. Carlos stayed out in front. Carlos got P3. He finished that podium. And you know what? It was a win for the Tifosi for Ferrari. Even if it was only yeah. one person on the podium, it was a good race. You know what? It was a win for Formula 1 fans. Because like, Yeah, like we don't mind if Max wins every week. If it's like that. Because I have no idea what happened in the midfield in that race 
because of how good it was up at front. And you know what? I don't even care. I don't care that I have no idea what happened. Like, yeah. it was just... Um, I know we did find out that George and Lewis both got five-second penalties, which kind of meant that they cancelled each other out. Um, so there was that. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, in the end, it was Max P1, Sergio P2, and Carlos P3, which love that. No, I can't complain, really. Like, at the end of the day, yeah, you just can't complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's the recap we have from the last race, which honestly, we managed to get done real quick, but it was good that it was kind of, well, I say good. It was just such an exciting race, but it all happened at the front, which, you know what, like I said, don't mind at all. But we'll move on to some F1 news between then and now before we get into Singapore. So, Guan Yu Zhou has extended his contract with Alfa Romeo till 2024. Sav, were you expecting it? I think I was to some extent. Like, Joe brings a, I don't want to say a new market because it's not a new market. Like, um, I've had East Asian fans, particularly Chinese fans, for a while, but there was a lot of sort of rhetoric around having a Chinese driver on the team and the interest that that would bring, the sponsors it would bring. So, yes, I know. Somewhat not surprised. Um, in my head, I don't think I had anyone to swap him or Bottas out for specifically. Um, so it wasn't like a case of where you've got Pusher or Lawson like sitting in the background. And I'm like, oh, wait, this year, next year, or, or like the situation with Russell. But I was like, is Bottas going this year? Are they going to come? Like, I didn't have that in me about that team. So I'm happy about it, obviously but I wasn't shocked by it. Like, I didn't see the notification and go, oh, my God, wow, my whole world has exploded. Um, but it was a nice bit of news to come by. I was actually surprised because I thought Porsche was going to be a wing-in for that seat next year. Because um, I just felt like there was a lot of buzz around it and Porsche obviously having his second second season F2 and he's leading the F2 title as well. And he's yeah. been for them done the fp1s i thought he was mm-hmm. getting it obviously that means Bottas' seat is still um up but i i guess Bottas, the only way i see him leaving is retiring and while i know he hasn't he's been in it for a while i don't see him retiring anytime soon so i felt like joe's yeah. seat was to go do i feel like he's done done what's needed to leave no not particularly i think he's done good this season i was a bit skeptical the first season he got brought on but he's done pretty well he's held his own this year it's not a great car um but it does make me a little worried for poor Sharon where he's going to be going because if he wins at this year obviously he can't go back to f2 and he'll be sitting on the yeah. sidelines just thinking that there's no other places he could really go i mean Haas would have been the other choice but they're all they're fully booked so it's either Bottas is out and poor Sharon's in for him or poor Sharon's out for the season unless Williams decide to take him instead of whoever they've got like Bestie which I I don't know so it's Bestie, it's a bit of an interesting one yeah Bestie, yeah I Bestie. mean I don't know why I just didn't think he was getting the seat this year like there wasn't any it wasn't based on any inside knowledge or any particular logic it was just in my head I always had it as next year I don't know why I don't have an explanation for that I just the notification I was like hey that makes sense uh, and yes, it's only from what I've read a single year extension as well so next year well not next year but next year's switch for the year after uh, could be different 
I guess it's something that hasn't been brought up as much, and I think it's probably because it's been overcrowded by all the Red Bull and AlphaTauri driver swaps yeah. news. Like, obviously, sometimes you get, like, when Oscar was coming in, people were talking about him, but it's weird Porsche. I feel like everyone was talking about him in F3, like, everyone, F1, F2, and F3, but now he's in F2. It feels like the only ones that are talking about him are the F2 people and the people that already like already know him and, and following that race. I don't feel like the F1 world are talking about him as much, which is weird because now he's doing really well again. Um, he's like on the road to winning the title. So yeah, no, I, I get why, because I don't think he's had as much attention or media attention is put on that, which might mean he isn't getting the seat, but I guess we'll see. Uh, but yeah. We'll what see Joe. Think? We'll see it's for another year, uh, rivaling Lewis Hamilton. Maybe you know what? They need to do a collab. They need to do one of them needs to bring them on because they both have okay, Joe to me has like I like Joe style. Lewis, it's a hit or miss, but that's because he does, I guess, more actual like fashion stuff, which is like out of the box. Fashion stuff, yeah. But they could they could honestly, it would be great together. Oh, Their own clothing yeah. line. I don't want to know completely how. different styles, but I think it would work. I mean, obviously, there's of course collaborations to Hill Figure, etc. But there's something about speaking of clothing lines. I like Star Bombs bringing out clothing line. That was a little fun side note for you. Have you not seen the advert? Oh, well, that's something you need to go and watch. I haven't seen the advert. I've seen like the shoes and some of the stuff, and I've seen the fact that shipping is horrendous. It is about 30 years. I've seen because someone wanted to buy, like, order a key ring, and they were in Europe. Okay. And I think the key ring was 15 euros, but the shipping was 30 euros. And that's in Europe. I don't even want to know what it would be for me, an Aussie. Like, and it's like, Alex, I know you're not in charge of that stuff, but get your team on it. I cannot spend more on the shipping than the merch itself. Are you kidding me? Sounds like I do like more merch. Don't do that, Sam. I will. <laughs> I'm going to go math this because logistically, if you're spending $15 on a key ring and $30 on shipping, you're spending twice as much on shipping, right? But if you spend $100 on merch and $30 on shipping, your shipping is only a third of what you spend on merch. Done. I don't have the money for this. It's flawless math, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Okay, so we just finished girl mapping a bit of the Alex Albon, the curing and the shipping from what I've seen. So I thought, you know what? I want to go and have a look at the website because I haven't had a proper look at the merch. And you know what? I've seen the shoes. They look quite nice. Um, I wouldn't go for them just because I personally don't like the colour and I like my white shoes, but that's on me. But they would cost me 248 Aussie dollars, which... It's £125-ish. I have yeah. not spent much on a pair of shoes. The most I spent on a pair of shoes were $200, and that was my Timberlands back in the day because I actually hopped on a trend when it was happening for once. But, yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm not a I'm not a shoe spender. So that's much. But then you look, they've got other things. They've got a keyring for $11. And you know what? That is affordable, but it's sold out. That's oh. great. But then there's another keyring, which is $18. And you know what? Not that bad. It is a bit hefty for a keyring, but like it's That's an Alice Albon. No? Yeah. Um, the $11 one, yeah, the $18 one, that's £9. So that's not that bad. I, I can justify yeah. £9 on a keyring, I think. Yes. And then I looked at shipping. And you know what? I saw €30 Euros in Europe, which is actually, you know, that's not great. That's like 50 Aussie dollars. However, weirdly enough, 
it's 38 Aussie dollars, which if I'm buying the shoes is actually not that bad. If I'm buying the key ring, it's terrible because it's like double the price of the key ring. <laughs> if I'm buying the shoes, oh, oh too bad, like 38, that's actually cheaper than the 30 euro, the 30 euro one. It is, um, that is true. And the thing is, the only option we have is Express International. Like, I am a, I'm a cheap girl. I will go for the standard international. If it comes to me in like a month, I'm okay with that. If it means I save a, a few bucks, but no, Alex is like only the best for my friend. You know what? That's great. But do you want to like put the bill instead? But you know, but um, no, it's great. I can't wait to see more things. I like the color scheme he's going for. It kind of reminds me of what Williams came out with with um their new merch for Alex, which was like the t-shirt, like the, the sandy t-shirt, and I really wanted that. Um, but I haven't bought that, but I will. I know I will because I don't have that kind of willpower. But um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. If he can create some more stuff along those lines, the same color of the shoes, I love that. Um, I do find it quite cute that he's given it to to people like he's given a pair to Yuki and Fernando at least that I know and then promoted it too it's so cute Very wholesome uh, <laughs> that's, 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 it, it's amazing I love that I love when the good works together it's like when Daniel comes out with his merch and you see like Lando was wearing it and then George oh my god I can't oh my god yeah that was um I'm not like a 1D fan but even that kind of shook me I was like oh okay yeah George wearing it just my heart <laughs> i love the story about the fact that um george sent a picture of his girlfriend scrolling and then daniel's like let me know what she likes i'm just gonna send her a box and i'm like love that need a boyfriend to do that for me i need a boyfriend that's friends with daniel so i can get free daniel merch like that's such a long way around when you could just buy it <laughs> But one costs money and one is free. I'm spending all my money on Alex's shoes and his shipping. I don't have no. money for them. I respect It's like really overpriced, but that's okay. Um, well, that's good quality of, uh, though. Yeah, it is. It is. I have some. It's good quality. Well, what do you have? Which collection? So I, I'm taking it well back, like almost pre-collection. So I have one of the first pieces that he did on his own, literally the black top that says Rick three on the front with a massive three on the back. It was pre-Enchante vine. I think I have a claim to fame as I think I actually have his first ever, ever pieces back in 2015. He relates this like triangle thing. It doesn't even say Ricardo in it, but it was Ricardo's old logo. And I actually got it signed by him because I met him that day at like his pop-up for, because it was his first stuff. And he was like, I'm going to do a pop-up in Australia. So I literally, and you know what, what was the great thing is it was good and bad. I was in line for that. And when it came to, I think I was like seventh or eighth in line. When it came to my turn, that's when the TV guys decided to come in and do an interview with him. So I was standing in front of Daniel Ricardo, like a meter away from him, just staring at him while he did an interview for a while. And I was like, I mean, this is both great. And not because like it's awkward now when it, when it happens, but also I've just had the the time to appreciate him up close, which is which is great. And then I got like the sign and the photo. So oh well, that's great. I, I, was it giving Ricky Bobby Jensen Burn vibes? Was no. it very sort of natural? It was. It was. You know what? He, that he was in his like Aussie moment with his. He had like an AFL in his hand and you know just being Aussie. And it was like a really quick the actual like. The actual signing and photo was quite quick, which is kind of why I'm, I'm happy that the interview happened because otherwise I would have had like no time up there. So, yeah. Well, I think that's the wholesome stuff out the way. Now to something definitely not wholesome at all. 
Right. We're going to do a complete 180. Um, Helmet Marco. So we're still linking it to Red Bull. Um, he is obviously part mm. of Red Bull in some shape, way or form. He's just always there. He is part of their driver talent program, I believe. And uh, he had some comments to say about Sergio Perez. Now, this is what he said. So... Sergio Perez, who we all know is Mexican, apparently Marco goes South American and he is just not as completely focused in his head. So basically saying that he's not as focused as Max Verstappen because he's South American from where he is. Are you okay? Like, man needs, like, I've talked about drivers needing duct tape on their mouth. Now, it's the thing is, it doesn't surprise me. I know this man blues just so much crap. But this man has gone out and just literally being a racist on live tv or like like in the 21st century 2023 just gone and done and said it i think I and not to get too sort of i say weirdly philosophical but i think this is your physical or verbal manifestation of what microaggressions lead to so there's a lot of conversations about microaggressions. So you're sort of more of a, you need a professional hairstyle, meaning not afros, not dreads. Your sort of slight comments about people being late because of their, their ethnicity. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of joking around that. So it's a bit of a sort of intermediate one. But, um, and even things sort of like dog whistle politics as well. Like I think if things are subtle enough they're easy to miss so everyone goes well what's the issue if I can't identify in a structure what's the issue but I think the issue is 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 when you then have and I'm not saying like a Red Bull like it's a Red Bull specific thing but when you have a culture where a lot of microaggressions are gone unnoticed or not unnoticed but unidentified you end up with things like this manifesting in a public space because there's no issue seen with it like if you don't identify problems earlier on it then leads to a wider issue um and I've said it's not a red bull issue um yeah not I'm not saying that rebel should ignore the issue what I'm saying is it's not a red bull specific issue yeah it's it's not like it's a widespread issue it's not an exclusively formula one issue it's not an exclusively motorsport issue but this is the position we are in right now and this is the comments that have been made by this specific person and the team they're affiliated with. And subsequently, they're being asked to comment on it, deal with it, um, which I guess makes sense because you go, OK, well, this person's walking around with your jacket on as your advisor. That's what they're known as in this space, irrespective of what they may have been known as in their own career. how are you dealing with that what are your processes so I understand that and similar questions were asked Toto as well going okay well if someone from Mercedes made similar comments how would you address it what would you do um I'm not quite sure whether you saw but Lewis was also asked about it which to some extent I get to some extent I don't love um to some extent I understand because he is the person that's been outspoken about addressing and dealing with situations such as this or so wider sort of issues with homophobia racism and sexism within the industry um and global warming obviously um but at the same time I think when you use 
your ethnic minority person or people as the spokespeople it creates a bit of a skewed narrative I mean yeah don't get me wrong they asked Max as well um, and Max just I don't really think this is my arena I don't really think this is my role or job I don't really know like that was the general gist which as a driver you would be a bit like um I don't know um but Lewis as always is expected to have an answer which again partially because of who he is and his background but there's definitely some undertones there of let's ask the person who is the representative for ethnic minorities in this space yeah definitely I mean I think there's obviously the fact that it's that microaggression so people unless someone actually cares about the topic they're the ones that could be like oh it's just a joke or it's a it's a little thing it doesn't care but I think it's also a lot of it is also the fact that it's Helmet saying it because he says so many ridiculous things that people kind of ignore and go oh it's just Helmet he's just it's just another thing he said but then that kind of gives him this space of being able to then say all this stuff because he's never taken accountability for it because people kind of just throw it off as oh it's it's Marco it's it's him but generational thing as well like I think similarly people go oh well this person's older it's the same with why does his name escape my mind nothing okay yeah I just had a moment there I was like I could pitch your face um I do that with people I know so that's (laughs) that's a lot about me but um yeah it's oh but he's old and I think we're slowly reaching a point where back in my day is not a sufficient enough excuse. Um, yeah. Which I think is a good thing. Yeah, it's a great thing. Because it's like, all right, if, if you can't adjust to the social norms of this time, how are you able to adjust to, like, if you can bring it back to your sport, how are you able to adjust to the modern evolution of Formula One? If you can do that and how that works now so like you should be able to do the rest obviously f1 adapts at a much slower pace but you can like there is always an excuse to everything but it doesn't work like that oh you're old okay then why are you still working in this kind of space where you kind of need to be up to date with everything else uh why don't you take training courses this and that and it's just yeah it's just a bit of a uh, an ex- a big excuse and he gets away with it i know he's been given like a written complaint or written um warning that's the one and I mean it's good it's more than I've ever seen before I guess he's I've apologized never as well I think I d- think someone said publicly I haven't seen it but that's also because I've not looked uh, and then he apologized to Paris personally as well so it's just it's yeah. another thing of doing it to your own driver as well now I'm like people crap talk other drivers I'm not saying that's oh go off and be racist <laughs> to anyone else. no it's not that but it's like to do it to your own driver that you have to see every weekend and works under you is another level of crap and how can you do it but yeah he just it doesn't care and he doesn't care to learn from it either and then the whole asking Lewis I'm I'm with you again it's the whole using him sort of a scapegoat if if Lewis can make a comment on it and move forward from it then we can all do it because you know he's the one that goes for it but then it's another case of okay are you expecting Lewis to be the only one that should care about racism and the effects of it because guess what that's a something that everyone should have an idea about everyone has opinions on and everyone should have the same opinions on because there's no right or wrong there's no there's no wrong answer of this no no racism is bad stop there is <laughs> sometimes there is yeah. a wrong answer exactly so it's like you could go ask I guess you could, it's a little bit tougher for the Red Bull drivers, and I'll come back to that, but you could go ask 
Nico Hulkenberg, who is arguably one of the whitest white boys on that grid. Actually, no, it should be Logan Sargent. Probably Logan Sargent. And it's like, he should still have the same answer that Lewis does. Because Lewis would only have a different answer if it was something pertaining to him. Someone had been made that comment against him. But this is a comment about someone else where everyone on that grid should have Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's like it shouldn't have happened. He didn't say it was right, and I'm a little bit if because uh, I saw Max's thing as well about him not saying it's not his thing. I don't like that either. I'm not okay with that because I don't care if it's not your job. If someone you're associated says something like that, it's very easy to say those. That is not what I agree with. I don't stand by those opinions and values. Not push it off, or it's not my problem. Because that's the whole thing of that culture of the bystander effect and letting things go. It's when jokes, you let them go and eventually they become more. So yeah, I don't like I that. Think... I think everyone has a, a quick answer, but obviously it's hard with him being part of the Red Bull. Yeah, as I say, I think my only defence for Max, and doing wrong, I, I 100% agree with you, like you do kind of have to stand up and be like, this isn't okay, is that we don't know what happened between that comment being made and that Max interview because they all could very well have been pulled into a room and been like, this is your PR strategy. You step out of line. Like, I mean, they're not going to suck Max, but you know what I mean? Like, this is what you need to say. This is what's expected from you. If you if you get asked about anything, be as neutral as possible. It's those kind of things where, whilst I would love for people to step out and be like, this is my opinion, this is what, also dealing with the reality of the situation, we don't know what conversations were had in between um yeah okay it's, or not yeah it's places like that where it's like I was gonna say Liam Lawson's the whitest white boy but then I was like no I completely understand why Liam couldn't he's at that point of his career where he really is riding on you know making that jump and even Yuki that's a bit of a different one Perez obviously it's about him it's completely different but Max is the only one where it's like I get that Red Bull with their PR and everything but he's also made it very clear that he doesn't give a damn about PR or marketing he will say what he wants he's blunt and he also is probably the most untouchable person in that Red Bull place other than Christian Horner so if it was like I said if it was Liam Lawson or if it was Perez the other way around Marco said something about Max I'd be like okay Perez I kind of get it but Max to me I feel like kind of loses that excuse only because what I've seen him in the past he's been very blunt to say crap that his PR team definitely haven't liked in the past and you're going to tell me this is the time where he's decided to be on his best boy PR behavior oh, yeah um it's not like he's had anything to lose but then I also get you know there are like do you want to make it easier whatever this is a little bit more homegrown than say calling out Lewis Hamilton on some crash that you know you'd rather be neutral about so I, I get that but yeah it's a little bit it's of also, a, 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 a line. it's also as well I was thinking about with that sort of things, well, not about PR, but about Perez. Like, if they've sat down and Perez is going, I just, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I don't want to do this in the public sphere. Like, this is not my thing. Then I think as well, that's, yeah, basically, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Like, we have obviously our ideal of how they deal with it and address it. But yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see how the rest of it plays out. But yeah, the comments, really far from ideal. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm still pretty like I think a lot of and you know what's actually great is I think the fact that a lot of picked up a lot of people picked up on the fact that they asked Lewis and no one else. I'm actually quite surprised and happy because it's a good step forward in terms of people realizing some things are just like, uh, is that is that really the right thing you should be doing? Like it's not like a bad thing, but also come on, like get off, like give it to someone else, which is good. But I guess we should uh leave that 
for now because we've got more exciting things and that is something we obviously could talk about forever but we've got to move on I have to move on it's Singapore no yes it was it's Singapore this weekend quality happened yesterday and um you know what maybe Red Bull got a bit of karma some of Helmet Marquez karma pushed on because both Red Bulls did not make it out of Q2 um, and I read somewhere that's the first time since 2018. Yeah, yeah. I guess to go back a little bit earlier, Quali started a little bit with a, a bit of a, a worrisome moment. Lampstrow had a big crash into the last corner. My heart was in my mouth. Like, I've seen a lot of crashes, don't get me wrong, but it, do you remember Mick's crash in Baku? Yeah. Right, I yeah. literally my heart like <gasps> like that sort of feeling. That's what I got when I saw that clip. Yeah, I think nice. the more you like grow and watch the races and take it more in, you know, when you're younger, it doesn't really affect you. You're like, oh, cool race, and then you start to you know grow up and know people that die or get like injured. We've had a few recently. We've had some young ones recently as well, and yeah. um, I I feel like I lose a minute of my life anytime there's one of these incidents because that like that last one. I think it's also the way that these cars are made, which makes it worse because obviously they're made to form harder brakes. Split, hard. yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't help us out. It doesn't mean that when I see it happening, I'm like, it's okay. They're made to do that. No, it's it oh looks worse. I get what you yeah. mean because it was like with Grosjean's massive like crash, yeah. like. Honestly, I'll never live, relive that moment again. But I think since then I started paying more attention to how the cars break. And it is a kind of safety thing to ensure that they are as safe as they can be. But at the same time, when I see the front of the car one place and the yeah. driver part in another, I'm just like, that can't be okay. Like that sort of fight or flight kicks in when you go, oh my God, they can't be okay. <laughs> it's such a relief when you see them walk out, but then it's that thing after like how did they walk out like I'm so thankful but I just not expect that so thankfully by the way Lance is okay he That's didn't have any properly proper injuries however yeah he will not be racing they've taken my I think you know what in my head they've taken more precautions this time than they did with his wrist last time like, I, felt like though, I was thinking that like I think they were like we probably pushed it a little bit and mm -hmm. especially as well like if he's got even like a mild concussion or anything like that like you don't want to then be back out. His, I don't know if you saw like the onboard footage, but his head shook like violently no, because it like it, it went like in. yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some like bruising on his neck and things like that. Like obviously maybe no injuries, but things that just don't make it safe for him to be driving. Maybe he needs to be able to jump out the car if anything happens. That's true. But also that car is very damaged and that car needs to be in top spec to be able to run again. You cannot put a driver out in a car that is not 100% because any percent lower, that's a percent in like safety down and there's a chance it could happen again. So I'm going to go with it's a bit of a both of a there's not being at a top 100% fitness and the car not being 100% correct, which means he's not injured and he should be fine for the next race, but it's just a bit too soon, which, you know what, I am very happy to hear. I do I'm like happy to caution type decision. I'm one of those. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I completely, I did for um, a fraction of a second think, oh, does that mean like Drogovic is in? But then I kind of went, oh, it's probably the car as well. So it's just going to be a one car team. So I'm not going to make a comment because I could have, but we're going to move on. So we're going to move on before I say something out of line. I'm going to give him his week off. Like so, 
<laughs> Carlos, Charles, and George. <laughs> yes, Carlos signs that. He has done it again. Hold twice in a row in this season. In this season, that is like winning the like for anyone other than Max. That's like winning the championship right World there. Championship. Give him the man trophy. Yeah. Yeah, give it honestly. Like he needs to that second place. Whoever gets second in the championship, actually I say that Perez might need a Red Bull. Whoever gets it other than the two Red Bulls, isn't it Lewis that means so? I believe it was Oh, who could it be now? I believe it was Alonso. But yeah, have a look. And yeah, so Carlos took pole again because obviously we had the two Red Bulls out. Um, Sergio had a bit of a moment and Max just wasn't able to pull it together. I know people have been saying that the car is slow, but I don't, I feel like I blanked out in such joy, not like seeing Max not get through. I don't know if it's because the cars are slow or if he had an issue on the lap or, or what, but um, yeah, they didn't make it through. So in the end, it's Carlos signs in first, George Russell in second, splitting the Ferraris because Charles Leclerc made it third. So look at Russell up there, putting that Merck in between the two Ferraris. So I missed Quali and I responded to your Instagram story being like, these are my predictions. And you were like, mm, you weren't right. And I was like, mm. I was like, well, what happened? And as I went out of picking the message, the first thing on my Instagram feed was George's post being like, P2 baby, with the other two in the background. So I got that, put two and two together. Um, just as a little quick reference back, Alonso is currently third with 170 points. Hamilton is fourth with 164. So... It's weird because I don't think Lewis and Alonso are doing that well right now. I know they're up there as like third and fourth, but you wouldn't think that with how the last few races are going, that those would be the two. It's kind of the tides are turning, but will it keep going to the end of the season? Will we see like the Ferrari boys making a move up there? Who knows? We'll see. So that, we need to do some race predictions because the race is on in about... 45 minutes. So, go on. What are your predictions? Max first. Charles second. Perez third. Okay. Um, I... George fifth. Okay. Oh, going to five. All right. Okay. We'll do the five. <laughs> I'll get George in there. Um, I'm going with Carlos Sainz first. Lando Norris second. Max third. Fernando fourth and Lewis fifth. Um, I'm reading off my phone because I've done predictions on all my socials and I've realized that I've kind of done different predictions on each of them because I forget. I'm like, I need to get this one right. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, I feel like Max can come through. Obviously, he definitely can, but I feel like because it's a street circuit, I have hope that he can't get through to first. I'm hoping that cars will be like down the road by then, um, but we'll see. Um, and then on that, I haven't wrote this down, but predictions. Um, First lap incident, yes or no? So, mm. in my head, the main collisions happening would be George and Perez, Carlos being collateral damage and just about anyone diving into the first corner. But if he's P1, we might be all right. Um, I was also thinking about Charles and George, maybe. Like, there's a few drivers dotting about that I'm like, that could be cause for concern. However, the other variables needed are a little bit further back. So it yeah. depends. I think we should be all right. I think if there's an incident, it will be a midfield incident more so than a... Because I think only because, this is my logic, and it's not, again, based on any kind of knowledge or understanding or maths, but 
given the front three aren't your usual front three, I think as much as they might dive in to some extent, someone will pull out to make sure they don't all take each other out. Whereas I think when you're used to being at the front and there's one person that's not, that's when kind of chaos takes place because they're darting. You're like, hold on a second. There's not normally somebody there when we do this. Like that's not how we normally do things. Um, Yeah. That's my thought process. So I'm saying, Oh no, I'm saying yes. And I'm going to validate you on the whole George question because I (laughs) said there's going to be five DNFs and I put George Russell and Charles. Yeah. It's Singapore. It's a street circuit. I'm like, they always have safety cars. And I'm I'm thinking incidents, but I'm very much thinking of George Russell turn one, Charles the third, which you know I'm not hoping for, but I'm predicting. Then I'm also I've also put Logan, Logan, Yuki, and Kevin as my DNFs just because maybe. But um, like being told I'm a savage doing that. I don't think I could pick five DNFs. I think one given that Lance is already not racing, so we're already a driver down. So that's 19 drivers. So a fifth is over for quarter. No, that's fine. So I feel like I should be able to redo it. Um, I think if there's any DNFs, it will be mechanical failure. I don't know who's mechanical failure, but mechanical failure. Um, I'm putting that one. My I'm giving mechanical to Kevin. And then two DNFs from a collision between two said people. And I think that will be in your first sort of yeah yeah that was my corner for anyone who's there we go well we will find out whether we are correct in about 45 minutes oh we should check on do you remember our predictions from last week no i was wrong that much (laughs) well we should check on them no i think i said max first because that's normally my prediction and i'm normally right oh but yes we will check on that All right, so we can finally move away from Formula 1. That was a lot to take in and a lot to go through. Can't wait. But we do have Formula 2 and Formula 3 news, and it's going to be quite quick. We'll do a little bit of a catch-up. So F2 and F3 were both at Monza. Um, F2 were there, and it was, you know what, for both categories, it was just pure chaos, but it was the best kind of chaos. And it is, again, Monza was the gift that kept on giving. F1 was great, but there were the other races. You know, in F2, the first race was good, but the second race was even better. There was um, at least three safety cars, and this is not be going, oh, I love incidents. No, it was just, it brought, like, changes to the race, like, the second race with pit stops. Vesti, who was someone who was really fighting for the championship, spun yeah. out, but um, it was unfortunate because he got hit. Um there were punctures everywhere because there were so many front wings hitting backs of tires because they were all trying to overtake in the chicane, which honestly works better for the F1 cars. But even then you saw the F1 cars, like they would dodge like the amount of times people cut that corner. It was like the corner didn't exist. Like, I get it. it you want to <laughs> yeah, exactly. That and there's no like, like as well, like should they give the position back? Well, no, they both, they both cut the corner. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. That weird thing was like, okay, but the guy was in front and getting it's like we think of who was in front who was behind the one in front cut it okay but then they shouldn't have but to give it the back. Behind them. <laughs> yeah the, it, it was tough um but in the end the winner was ollie beerman under the safety car unfortunately in the in the second race and porsche was second so he managed to keep his championship lead so Theo porsche is still in the f2 championship but i had a recommend go back and watch the f2 races 
and the F3, because F3 was more chaos than F2. There were even more safety cars in F2. There was like, and again, every lap, it was a car cutting the chicane because there were 30, remember, there are 30 cars in F3. They are smaller, but there is still a lot of them. And um, they were always trying to go for the move. And you know what? In F3, they are not as experienced, but they are more hopeful. So they are trying to go for the move as all the time. So if they can, they're like, oh, I'm behind this car. I'm going to overtake them into the chicane. I don't care if I don't have the run on them or if I'm not beside them. I'm going to try. I'm going to break late. I'm going to completely lock up and miss the corner. Or we're just both not going to make it. So, you know, it was it was hilarious. Um, Johnny Edgar ended up winning the feature race, which is a probably a name no one would really know unless they watch F3 because he's not one of those big names. Uh, but it was just so exciting. Like, I loved it. And that is, honestly, that is one of the reasons I love F3, but that weekend, Monza, like this is probably the end of our Monza recap. It was just, chaos. I need that every weekend. Yeah, chaos, but in like, the best way. But yeah, I guess we can move on from that. Formula 3, as we mentioned it, Gabriel Bortoletto is a champion. There is no more rounds. F2 does have two more. Porsche is leading it, obviously, but there are a couple of people coming up, I believe, that is uh, Oli Bierman, maybe? Um, Jack Dewan. Victor Martins, uh, Frederick Vesti. I believe those are around the ones that are coming up. But um, yeah, we're going to move away from four wheels now for a little bit. Don't worry, we'll be back. But MotoGP. Now, I'm not a big follower of MotoGP. I don't watch every race. I don't know about you, Sav. Space in and out, depending on how much time and capacity I have for more wheels. Yeah, no, I completely get it. But my dad is a big MotoGP fan, so it is on all the time so if i'm downstairs in the vicinity of the tv i will see it um something to get i guess to add is MotoGP for this year added sprint races to their calendar so they do a short race which is um interesting because they already are short races so these races are genuinely 11 12 laps long depending um but it, i mean it's good it's good to say just more racing which is always a good thing um yeah i'm like i said i'm not a big MotoGP fan i watched it one year and i was really into it because i Johan Zarco came on and I was like I want to follow him yeah. and then he did okay and then something happened he wasn't great and he kind of was a little bit of a baby or something like that and I was like okay no, no thank you and then I just kind of drifted out but yeah. the reason we're talking about it is because they had the Castellan GP wasn't their last race but it was a race before and there was a massive incident on the first lap so yeah. I say massive incident there was about two different incidents that took place based on the first and second lap I believe so there was a first corner incident and about five bikes were out and caught out in that. They had drivers flipping, flopping, getting slightly hit by bikes. And it was it was already a big thing. And you were like, Jesus Christ, I hope everyone is okay. MotoGP, like, we think cars are dangerous, knocking on bikes. That's... I'm always really baffled. And this is not to diminish anything serious that's happened to people that we've lost recently. But... I've watched some incidents where I genuinely am like, how are you okay? Like, I've watched people, like, borderline surf on the side of their bikes. I've watched people go under their bikes. And I'm, and they come out somewhat unscathed. And don't get me wrong, that's a testament to the clothes that they're wearing, their talent, their skill, their knowledge of how to bail out. But it's insane. It, yeah, no, I mean, this like, is literally how? evidence of that. I mean, yeah, it's true. Like, F, like cars, especially in F1, they have so many safety rules and safety features. And you're like, all that goes out the window as soon as you see a bike. But somehow, I obviously, they've had deaths in 
other categories, the lower ones where the safety isn't probably up to specs, MotoGP, MotoGP did have one, Simoncelli, I believe, was the latest one. Yeah. But um, it still is, I don't want to say a rarity because I don't know the proper numbers, but it's not, It's it kind of is like F1. It doesn't happen that often. It happens more in the lower categories. But yeah, it is, it is a, a it's frightening. You know, they have, they have um, bravery, bravery on their side. But yeah, yeah, so the five bikes out wasn't even the main thing, I guess, from there. It was, everyone saw that, but then they, they all turned out to be somewhat okay. Like they were walking around. It wasn't like, a, oh, they're up and ready to dance. No, they are. Yeah. And they're like, they're sore. They're kind of like Lance. Um, some of them actually went back out into the race, but the big one was when, that and then the camera panned to the next corner and Van Night Bang oh my god Banyaya I, I know I'm saying it right but it's a struggle Banyaya who is the championship leader he had a honest honestly like a stomach curdling moment I yeah. watched that I absolutely shriveled in myself it was the it's worst thing I've ever seen yeah like I I saw that and I was like I can't watch it again like the it was like I we spoken about it before. The crashes like the scroll, they make you like, oh, but this one was one of those where I was genuinely like, I can't watch. Like that came out of like a movie kind of thing. Basically, Anyaya completely flipped over his bike. It was like a front flip. He landed on the ground, his leg was outstretched, and another bike came and ran over. It would have been just above his shin. Mm. Now mental picture is already terrible. I saw that and I went, he's broken his leg. That's it. His leg is gone. Like, crushed, oh. yeah. Thankfully, it was kind of the best case scenario out of that. He had, uh, I believe it was minor fractures and bruising, and he was back in the next race, which is amazing. It gives me Lance Stroll. But um, it was like everyone watching that just thought, nah he's broken his leg like they didn't move him for a while they had like everyone covering the sheets it was genuinely a moment of holy shit it wasn't a he's gonna die because everyone saw that it was kind of the leg and it was more of a is he ever gonna ride again kind of situation but no it was yeah. thankfully he it, he's very lucky and um yeah it was it was one it was one of those moments again where you're like you just put it it just shows how dangerous motorsport is but those bikes are but Thankfully, amazingly, it's okay. He's riding again. So, into more cheerier news, uh, IndyCar, because <laughs> today, honestly, this podcast has been a lot of hype, uh, 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 because, you know, we're, we like to keep you on your toes. You never know what you're getting with us. Oh. Yeah. So, in IndyCar, the only news we really have, or I really have paid attention to, is Marcus Armstrong has re-signed with Chip Ganassi. So, he's going to be on the grid again next year, and he won the Rookie Award. Yeah. And he was the highest placed rookie this year, which, yay, love that. Love Marcus, my favorite driver. Loved him uh, from back in the former days. So it was kind of the reason why I started taking interest in IndyCar because him and Carl Mylott went over and I was like, oh, I know someone. I, <laughs> I know they had a couple of ex F1 drivers, but they weren't really ones I paid attention to that much. You know, we had Ericsson and all of that. But it's like, these guys, I like them here. Okay, cool. I get to see them more. So it's good yeah. to see that he's re-signed. I'm really excited. I guess the last little note I wanted to add into this is I've been seeing there's apparently um, Callum Eilert is with a team called Junko's Racing, I believe, something like that. Now, I don't have the full story on this, so I'm probably going to touch on it a little bit, but I've seen it over TikTok that apparently he had a bit of a tangle. There was some kind of incident with him and another driver. Mm -hmm. And the driver's fans 
of that have come out and completely like are hounding Callum Eilot for yeah. it. See, I hadn't seen any of this. Yeah, to the point where um, the team had to come out and release a statement. So this was the statement that Callum Eilert's team put out. Let's not let yesterday's on-track incident overshadow all the great accomplishments we've achieved as a team this season. We kindly request that there are no negative comments directed towards any of our drivers, both now and in the future, as these comments don't align with the team's philosophy, that the collective power of our supporters be a force for good. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, other than because I have no idea what the incident was also, was because I saw a lot of people talking about the fact that they did not like the statement because it felt like they were not backing Callum enough. And apparently Callum was getting a lot of abuse and for the seat, for the team to come out with just that. Now, that's the first time I've actually read the statement. So The statement, though, just says, can you stop bullying our drivers, please? Like, yeah. Which, I guess, I'm not sure what else there is to say. Like, yeah. I guess you can pull the the kind of usual party line, which is we do not condone any form of da 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 da. Yeah, but it's because they got inauthentic. So it was Canapino fans, so the driver of Canapino, mm. and um, they've changed it so that obviously they've limited comments and things like that. But it's just this thing, yeah. So there is there is a bit of abuse in there. But it's, yeah, it's again that thing of you got to understand that they are an organization and they cannot go out there and act like a person and go, stuff you, how dare you, blah, blah, blah. They have to be formal. They have to be um, nice. And they also are an organization that cannot go after a person, can't reply to a, a threat and go back. And they can't do what I do without thinking, which is go after someone. It's not a good look. You shouldn't be doing that. And they definitely cannot do that. So I... Like, that's the first time I've read the statements going into that. I was expecting a lot worse. And I think that's a, an okay statement, to be fair, for a team to put out. Um, I mean, it's better than Red Bull saying that Dr. Marco isn't part of the, or Christian Warner saying Marco is not a part of their team, to be fair. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that abuse, you know, get housed. I mean, if, you're, if, if another driver does something, don't go and talk crap in that driver's comments. Like, guess what? It doesn't affect them. Well, it no, it doesn't affect their career. It may affect them mentally and personally, and that's where it has to be like a, that's why you shouldn't do it. Yeah. But you saying he's bad isn't going to make, I don't know, a steward give them a penalty or this or that. Professionally, it's not going to do anything. But emotionally, it can have an effect. Like words take a toll, especially when it's over and over again to the point where someone can go, okay, if it's once, it's not, but if it's more... It's not a coincidence anymore. Is it like a being bombarded? Exactly. It's not. It's not good. So, I've been on the internet, and there's also another thing. People are like, oh, I see. It's the internet. You've been on for long. It's like kids. I've been on the internet since I can remember, and I know for a fact I have not sent one hate comment in my life, because guess what? I don't even send nice comments in terms. Like I just keep shut. Like I don't say anything. I I don't go out on Twitter and go, oh, good job, Alex. I love that. Um. It's never been like that. Obviously, my TikTok's a different story. But in terms of actually commenting, I've never done anything like that. I've never said a hate comment about a driver or like a YouTuber or a celebrity or whatever because I've never felt the need to. Guess what? I can say it up here. Or I can say it to my little sister who will then never share it to anyone else. Just keep it in. Like, there is no need for you to go and put it on a public forum. But um, I guess that's the little 
debrief of IndyCar, both good news and um, not so good news. I believe Callum is staying with Junkos, but I could be wrong. He's doing well. I'm enjoying it. Only problem is sometimes I feel like I tune in and I turn on the race and he's out, which happens too often. Uh, but also there are a couple of green cars, so it could be me just going, which one is he? Yeah. But I guess to finish it off, we'll go with still on four wheels, Formula E. Now, this is no drama, neither good nor bad news. This is just an update on Formula E silly season and transfer news. Did you want to take the lead on this, Sav? F1 silly season, I can weirdly easily keep track of. And I think that's because my whole surroundings and everyone around me kind of watches Formula One. Whereas I think our smaller group are my immediate FE vans. So I'll go, oh my God. Motaro is leaving Maserati and you'll go oh my god and then the conversation kind of stays in a smaller orifice um whereas if Lewis left Mercedes I'd get 806 messages telling me that kind of thing so but yeah so that is one we don't know where he's going yet well I don't know where he's going yet some other people I personally don't know where he's heading out we had a conversation about Norman Nato being into before he's now strife andretti which is super exciting um so joining mr jake dennis and then replacing andre lotterer which honestly not that big of a surprise lotterer's been around a bit and he's kind of he moves the teams a lot just because like i don't know he just like Dennis went and won the championship where was Lotra? He wasn't even fighting for it towards the end so I see why they've brought someone else in which is good That's but the yes, thing. announced he was leaving on like the 8th or the 9th and then there was like a week where we were like so what's the situation and then they were like oh by the way <laughs> yeah, like, okay cool I'm now sort of back on board I don't think we mentioned before We've got a special little return coming to Formula E. Is it who I think it is? I think it is who you think it is. And it may have been someone that we spotted in the garage and still didn't put oh too much together. Yes, so I think it is. Mr. Oliver Rowland. Oliver Rowland, yes, back on the grid. After what was a shock at the end of leaving, I still don't think we know why he left. Like, I tried to Google it. I tried to find answers, but it was that whole amicable statement from everyone. It was like, yeah, right. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so he's back and he's with Nissan. All love that yeah. for him. Which, um, how we didn't put two and two together, I'm slightly concerned. But did we actually see him in front of the Nissan garage? Yeah, he was standing there, and you went, "Look who it is!" And I went, "Who's that?" Because it was the back of his head. And I was like, "I don't know anyone from the back of the head, mate." And you were like, "It's Oliver." Right, I, was yeah, like, I, I was like, "Oh." I was like, maybe he's come to talk to... Because AJ Pritchard was there too. I was like, maybe he's a Strictly fan. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we didn't put two and two together. So that's what I'm Um So yeah. And then I don't think we mentioned before Mr. Sam Birds to drive for McLaren. Yeah, we have McLaren news, which is Birds there, which is, you know what? I, like, I've mentioned it a lot that I see Bird as being the epitome of Jaguar and the body of it, so it's weird. But he actually, I saw a video of Bird going to McLaren. You know what? Him it and works. Jake's together in the MTC, yeah. You know what? So Hughes has obviously extended his contract. And you know what? They worked well together and they fit at that place. He looked like 
Bird looked like he owned the place and he's been at McLaren for ages. Yeah. Um, I think it's because he's come with experience. He's got no time for any of this. Oh, small talk. Let's like work together. Like he's been around, so he's like, this is the team. I'm getting to get stuck into it. Um, and he probably enjoys the car that they're the the lone car. I've always said my biggest thing when um <laughs> when F one drivers uh transfer teams, I always like to look at their either upgrade or downgrade in their company car. Uh, because yeah. like why? But that always fascinates me because with um was it Red Bull, Danny was there. He went from having Aston Martins back then, like lovely vantage and all that to a Renault Clio or a Megan or Megan and I was like but then he went to McLaren and what did he get in McLaren just saying I was saying McLaren just for that love that uh but yeah so short little rundown on FE News Mortara has left Maserati with no idea where he's going Norman Nato has moved to Andretti which means Andre Andre Lotra is out of his seat at the moment don't know where he's going Sam Bird has moved to McLaren Oliver Rowland has moved to Nissan. You I don't know. Um, no. Oh, no, no, no. We did not. He just, he's just out of McLaren. I yeah, like, birds come in, but I just thought about the fact that I don't know where. Yeah, no idea where Rast is. Yeah, Roland is obviously going to Nissan, so that means he's who's he replacing? Because it's not, it's not. He, he's replacing Nato. Yeah. Oh, so it sort of works in a circle. They just swap, which I'm hoping Sasha is still there. And then Hughes is extending at McLaren. So that's your roundup and your catch up of former E news. And honestly, all the news we could have brought to you in the motorsport world. Um, so I think we've been talking for quite a while and we have Quali in 20 minutes. And I don't know about you, but I like if to get to race in 20 minutes, mate. That's what I meant to say. You know, that's what I meant to say. Um, but I like to get set up with a nice drink and some food and some snacks um, and all that. And I will also let Sab go so she doesn't have to hear my thoughts for any more minutes if she has to. So thank you all for joining and for listening. That's been the another episode of the Beyond the Track podcast with me and Sab. Follow us on the socials, Instagram and TikTok, either at Beyond the Track Pod or at Beyond the Track Podcast. We do these as often as we can. This is episode three you know what we're going strong i've heard some podcasts don't go past i believe it's like 20 or something and we're gonna get there we're going to stick with us can't wait for the next one and check us out on socials we'll see you next time Bye. bye